Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. Uh, today we had a great chat. It was very interesting. We're still really integrating what we heard from Shaman Direct, and it's going to take some time for us to really, I think, develop a response that, well, it's already manifesting our lives, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting one. I don't think we've had a chat like that, exactly like that before. And also mm -hmm. it was, it was, um, you know, we had time pressure in a way that yeah. we wouldn't have because Shaman's so busy and we're in the middle of Vitality show and there was loads of stuff going on and it was kind of one of those chats where it was like instant go and he's such a magnetic personality and so full of information that you're you really feel magnetized by his presence and yeah. despite the fact that stuff's going on around you you're kind of like ah, soak it all in soak it all in take make the most hours of him. but he distills it he distills mm. it so well as well i mean like when i ask him the most long-winded question in the entire universe about my little life and he's like forward answer and like oh that's why yeah. fair enough so i guess we shouldn't really um stand on ceremony too long um except to say thanks to our sponsors these guys, New Zest, and thanks to Swivel, the gang who you're watching this on. Shaman also loved our little Swivel robot. And thanks to Clear Light Saunas, who keep us looking youthful with their delicious infrared sauna things. And glowy. And yeah. if you are in Dublin and you can get yourself to Vitality Expo tomorrow, if you're watching this tonight, mm. which is the 28th of September today, uh, come see Shaman talk tomorrow. You really, really need to come and make it there. You've got to see him to understand the magnetism that he has in mm. person and to understand the power his words have. It's very different than when we had listened to him previously. Yeah. When you see him in person, it's a different he just shot. got a, a full power that he's mm. standing in his power and you really get that feeling. So you've got to come, you've got to come and listen and here's a little taster of what you might get in store. Bye. Bye. Hey folks. Hello. Welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. That gentleman who blew a kiss at you is Shaman Direct very very special guest and we are lucky to have him on the podcast today from Vitality Expo. Mm -hmm. So we've been down in Vitality kind of exploring and kind of mopping up all the various kind of vibey health scenes and things about physical fitness and nutritional health and all these things but Shaman Direct comes from a different principle so this man I mean he'll explain it to you himself better than I can but essentially what he is here to do as I understand it is to engage us in a spiritual awakening which goes well beyond what magnesium is going to do for our joints, right? Yeah, I mean, they go kind of hand to hand if we look at it from a scientific point of view. Mm -hmm. When we look at the synthesis of the body and what you're putting into your body is also life um, or it's death, right? And so in shamanism, we, we look at everything as what's communicating to what. And if the communication is harmonious, then there's health and there's well-being and there's optimization of health. And if the communication is not harmonious, then it creates distortion. And it's the same thing you would have if you were in a relationship and your spouse or your boyfriend your girlfriend your wife or your husband were communicating in a harmonious way it amplifies love in the relationship and if they communicate from a place of fear lack limitation or poisonous behaviors then it, it, it that basically destroys the relationship yeah so we're constantly kind of like flicking back and forth a little between those things aren't we because the little ego is kind of out there getting involved making sure we want to be the one in the center of attention and then there's like and then there's that recognition that we all need that connection with humans that we're not we're not the biggest thing there so how do you coach people into stepping down off that ego platform and, and beginning to kind of like understand their nature of the connectedness to the people around them or what's your 
Well, first of all, let me just kind of give you a definition. Shamanism, we don't have the same identification of how you see the ego. Okay. You see the ego, the way you explain the ego is like this thing that's happening to you or something is doing something, like this little critter is there. Okay. We see the ego as um, an affirmative energy source that supports your narrative as the creator. So if I say life is hard, my ego goes fine life will be hard let's send in all the things to make it hard mm -hmm. when i say ego detach from life being hard and create a new narrative that life is easy fun and playful the ego goes got it opening up new narrative for life is easy and fun send those people in the door so we use the ego as a referencing of our our, our reality the ego actually creates our reality because we're the creators and we have to believe what we say mm -hmm. so what happens in, in human nature is that human beings always operate in the idea that something's being done to them or something's doing something to them and then they can blame that thing instead of take responsibility for the fact that they gave the command or that they gave the the the, the idea for the ego or for our spirit or for anything that matters um, to be able to have effect on them. So um, when it comes to uh, being able to step into a space of helping people and assisting people, I'm not coaching the person. What I'm basically doing is holding a space. I'm not even actually, they don't come to have a session with me. They come to have a session with themselves. And what I'm basically doing is, be, is being that silent interruption that comes in and says, hey, use, do the same thing you're doing, but use this tool. Or say a word like this and see what you feel in your body. Or uh, did you know you have this power? Use your fingers like this and you can open up a dimension that brings energy into your system that moves this belief out of your synapses and changes your whole entire mental construct. And so shamanism is not about an engagement to telling people what to do or indoctrinating anything. That's more from the religious standpoint because it's based on rules and ideas and theories. Um, shamanism is an, an, an involvement of the child self. It is involvement of the soul. It's involvement of playing and nurturing and exploring and finding and developing. Okay, so when, sorry, go. Uh, well, I'm just on the child self, I, I'd love to hear about you as a child. How did you, you were saying that you're a sixth generation shaman. Mm -hmm. How did shamanism come into your family? And is it something that's passed down from person to person that you learn it? Or do you have to go through your own initiation processes? And is it the case that you could have a father who's a shaman and not be a shaman yourself? Or how does that work? Or how did it work in your situation? So in my family, my dad trained with my great grandmother who was from Africa, who was a medicine woman and in her tribe. And he trained as her apprentice, but then decided later because my grandfather thought that if we were all to accept this way of life, we would not be accepted by society. So he started getting into reading books and found Catholicism, then went from Catholicism to Seventh-day Adventist, found a place that he felt good, became vegetarian and was like, it's all about Jesus and it's all about keeping the Shabbat and it's all about you know honoring the holy days and so forth. So my father, stayed with it as long as he could until finally my grandfather just kept working on him to get him to say hey you're not going to make money you're not going to survive you need to pull away from this part of our family and push it down this was the old ways we need to now ad adapt to what's happening in the world um however my father had me and i had the gifts and so as a child i was about five years old i started noticing spirits in my room you know talking to me telling me things and i would always point and smile and laugh at them and say things to them my mother who is norwegian and west indian she immediately acknowledged and remembered the things that my grandmother would talk about and said oh you know what because even when she was pregnant with me she said oh you know do you know that your shamanic roots are not going to be lost it's actually in your son that's being that's in my stomach right now and my dad's like no it's not what? like we're not going down that path anymore and like you know and then here i come and everything that 
that he went through, which is when the spirits ask you to do certain tasks, like put a uh, envelope, uh, put a uh, letter in someone's mailbox or go up to a woman in the street and give her a hug and tell her what the spirits want you to tell her. In shamanism, you don't operate in the field of uh, thinking what is logical because to us logical is based upon uh, uh, an understanding that humans have learned to place into something that's logical so we live in a world of openness and receptivity so when a spirit says to me hey there's that man on the bench he just lost his son you need to go tell him that his son is okay and that he sends a message to him and let him know that he loves him wow. I have no idea what the heck I'm doing I just go and do it if I do a certain amount of tasks it shows the elders Oh, he's the next line shaman. Okay. He follows the task okay. without question. Okay. Everyone so, can be a shaman. Yeah. It's more based on the spirit choosing you, not the tribe. The tribe just chooses a shaman because they know the tribe won't survive without the shaman. Okay. So, so when did you start to really... Like, were you scared of it when you felt this first? Was, like, what did it feel like? Did it feel powerful? Did it feel like... How did it... How did it... How did, how did you respond to it when you started to have these, like, these feelings and these visions and... Like a kid, normal. Just, just like cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, really. I was like, oh, there's a woman in my room throwing some images down that look like this mom, and I'd show it to her, and my mom's like, those are runes. That's from my family's culture. That's your ancestors talking to you. They're wow. the, the Vikings, like, you know. But, <laughs> but when you get into school, that's when it goes down the hill. Everything's fine until I got into school. And then when I got into school, as I got a little bit older, not kindergarten or anything like that, but when I was in first grade, that's when like, I got the, that's when it started bothering me. Okay, okay. Yeah. And did you feel that up until that point you had this connection and then at that point there was a separateness because you're in school and you were different than the other kids? Yeah, I was very, dep I was very depressed. Yeah. yeah, I cried a lot. I'd say that was unbelievably tough because it's hard enough to just be a kid in school anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone being a kid in school who's talking to spirits. Yeah. yeah. Having visions. And, and so, and you'd always been kind of enabled on that path by your parents at this point. Like, and so suddenly you're confronted with people who are like fully denying that what you're going through is valid or, or whatever. And what, and what do you, like, do you stand in your power? Did you, did you, I mean, were you bullied a lot? What, what happened? <laughs> well, it wasn't completely supported in my family. My okay. father made it very difficult, but he made a deal with me that I could study the shamanism as long as I studied religion. He okay. wanted me to be well-rounded, and he didn't want me to take the path of the shaman. He wanted me to take the family business, which is building hotels and making lots of money and, okay. you know, this kind of thing. Right. And I remember him taking me to a construction site, and I picked up wood and a hammer, and I was like, Dad, I just can't. Me. Like this is not me. You're mm. you're you're literally forcing me because of your own fears to go against my own grain, which is going to cause suffering to me. Right. So I have to be who I am. So he was like, well, okay, fine. You're not going to do that. Okay, I get it. Well, I think there should be a balance. And so it's like, yeah, you. We, I can talk to you about the things that I learned and things that I got from Mamal, which was my grandmother that he used to apprentice for. But at the same time, um you need to study the Bible and you need to understand religion and you need to go to church and you need to do all of these things and you need to study and go to Christian school and blah, 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 blah. So it was very, very strict about it. But when I got into school, I would say things. So I'll give you an example. There was this bully in school and he always would beat me up and beat all the other kids up because we we're the nerds, you know, mm -hmm. 
because I used to have a stamp collection and a coin collection, and that's considered a nerd at that time. Yeah, did I? I had them in to both of us, yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, trying to uh, type, like, you know, the DS, DOS codes for the computer to play video games and, like, talking about all that. But, you know, you got it. Sticker yeah. collection, the whole bit. So there's the one kid, and he was just like, oh, you're such a nerd, and da-da-da-da-da. And one day I said to him, you know, I said, I know why you beat us up. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, because your father beats you. And you take out your poison on us and you don't have to, like, I can help you. Like, I can help you process this anger. And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You better shut your mouth. And finally he came to me and ended up becoming one of my best friends and like came to me and cried and was like, my dad does beat me and I don't know what to do. And like, I don't understand emotional because it was an emotional time for me. Mm. But all the other things too, like my, my teacher would be snappy with the class. I could tell her mood was not the high energy teacher that I remember. She'd come in and be moody and I yeah. would slip out of my mouth. I'm like, I know why you're moody. And she's like, what? I said, you know, probably arguing with your husband right before bed about mortgages and then coming and teaching us is probably not the best thing. <laughs> this is like coming out of 13 or 14 year olds. Like, you know, and then they start, teachers started talking oh. and sharing what I was doing and started becoming afraid of me. But then treating me horribly and then when they had me alone sneaking me being like i need you to come to my classroom and talk oh, to me yeah. and then be like so what else do you see you know and but then when i'm around all the other people like shunning me and making a mockery of me treating, you very, like, treating me like yeah like, something's yeah. Not wrong with me and then i was never invited to birthday parties that was a really challenging thing i think well, that really actually did affect me so, a so, lot. Like, so socially then like that would have been meant that you developed like was it kind of stunted in terms of like or how, how you like develop socially as a human like did you find that like your ability to make connections with humans just on a on a on a playful level did that change or were you did you manage to maintain all that i didn't make connections right away i became very connected to myself mm. and very you know shut off i had my two friends that we would do our, our stamp uh trainings and things of that mm. nature but i spent most of my time in contemplation of life mm observing humanity that's why i love people watching like this woman walking by right now i just love it because like people watching gave me so much knowledge about is something going on no we're good actually we're oh. good. Yeah, yeah, just, uh yeah so people good. watching gave me so much knowledge about the behaviors of people i didn't understand how human beings could be so cruel to each other and so mean and so callous and so separating and so judging and so disconnected instead of loving the way we were when we were on the other side it because I have all these memories and all these abilities, I still have memories of the love and the kindness and the connectedness. So that was a challenge. But then I started developing an eating disorder. I became bulimic. I started eating and throwing up my food all the time. And I realized it was a way for me to get my power back from the power that I felt that I was losing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then once I used my powers to get over that, I realized, you know what? I'm going to be the freak. And I made a shirt. My friends thought it was the funniest shirt. And I put, I am a freak with stars and glitters. And I cut it up and I put like little safety pins on it and wore ripped up jeans and painted one leg with straight spray paint and then shredded the other one and wore my shoes and like skateboard, my Rob Roscob skateboard. And then everyone was just like, you're such a weirdo. But then I stayed to it. Like I didn't change because they said it. And then I became the most popular person in school. Interesting. Let your freak flag fly. That's yeah, people started coming to my house and being like, can you can you do that thing that you do that <laughs> spiritual thing like what how can you do it again or go to keggers and, and like high school and they'd have like the person get the keg and we go in and at the bonfire on the beach everyone's like oh my god you gotta meet my friend he's like trained to be a shaman he's got all these powers can you read everyone right here can you do this can you do that and i'm like 
then I started realizing that I was doing, I became like a circus act party to people, a party yeah. trick, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I changed it to, how do I get myself out of the narrative of, so I stopped, I cut off the people, not cut off, but kind of just moved them out of the way. The people who'd come into my house and want me to do show tricks. Mm -hmm. And then became more serious about it in the sense of, you know, sharing it with those who I felt really valued it. Mm -hmm. And then with everyone else, I just kind of ignored them. Cool. Yeah. And how did you get from there to here? What's the pathway? <laughs> <laughs> we got a long way to go. We've got how many minutes left? <laughs> okay, well, Let's go. here's a short end of this of the story. When I was about 20 years old, um, I knew there was a war that broke out in Israel. And I got this message from Spirit. Remember I told you we get messages to do things that we don't know why we're doing it, but we do it because we trust in Spirit. Spirit said, buy a ticket, go to Israel. So I was like, okay. Well, I'm not going to do that right now, but I will. I just need a little bit of time to do it. And I ended up going to a dinner. I was living in Italy at the time. And there was this guy on the table. His name is Motiovic. And he said to me, <coughs> he was um, eating. And I looked at him and I said, the way you eat is not the Italian way. You just eat with your hands and you're doing all these things. And it's like, where are you from? He goes, I'm from Israel. I said, from Israel. Interesting. I go, mm. and how do you get around in Israel? Do you like camels and horses? He goes, are you so ignorant? You, we have cars. Like, you're so ignorant. And, and for me, I'm a Scorpio. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I am ignorant because I don't know anything. He goes, wait, you admit to being ignorant? I'm like, absolutely. And he goes, I like you. Come to Israel. And I was like, that's so funny because I said, spirits told me I'm supposed to go to Israel. And here you are telling me to come to Israel. He's like, I'll arrange everything. Come to Israel. We'll take care of everything. So I get to Israel. Bombs are going off. Like, pretty much, I would say... On an average, maybe every hour upon the hour, like wow. there was a new bomb. And you would just get used to, like, I mean, I would get on buses and be like, today's the day I'm going to blow up. But the amount of stress and anxiety that that caused was so intense. And I just like, you know what? I need to really, like, help the people. So I stayed and I like, I dug in and I was like, let me be there for the people. So I started going to, with United Nations, met this guy named Berton. He worked with uh, Kofi Annan and brought me over to, to, to Palestinian side, to the border. Started talking to people in, in the Gaza Strip, um, started going and talking to Israelis, started getting and building groups of women to help understand each other. And it just kind of grew and grew and I started becoming more and more popular. And then I went to Turkey, did the same thing. And then celebrities around the world started catching on of what I was doing at a very young age okay, okay. and that's how they caught in and then all of a sudden they wanted me to support them so then it became the celebrity shaman which is yeah because that's a difficult label it's hard it's like every day I have to like rip it off because that new press thing comes out and it's like the celebrity shaman or it's the comment about me and my girlfriend it's like oh now he's a royal part of the royal family it's like there's always something that they're using to pin on me and I have to unpin it and be like I'm just me I'm not better than you this is not a hierarchy thing I'm not a guru we're all equal like let's make this planet good stop putting me on a pedestal unless you're willing to climb up on one and be on one yourself so we can talk I'm not here to play the guru game and it's, it's annoying sometimes that people are just like oh I'm in I went to one house in Turkey and this woman had in every room my picture with a shrine and I was like take it down <laughs> terrifying it's because scary when I was just listening to you talk um, inside Vitality you were talking about framing mm -hmm. and how we frame people and you're talking about it largely in, a, in, in negative terms and when people are looking at people 
talking about them badly and putting them into a box. And it was one of the reasons that we wanted to start the podcast and do it outside was because we felt like when you're inside, you're in this box and your mm. thinking is in this box. Mm. And when you're outside and there's this space, we have this ability to think more freely. But it feels like when people are putting those labels on you, they're doing the same thing, right? Just oh, yeah. It's just, you know, you're, you're, you're family friends with Gwyneth. Gwyneth listens to you for advice. He's worth listening to. Huh? Like we've turned celebrities into our Athenas and our Apollos of the old world and we have forgotten what's important, which is equality, healthy food, spending time with friends, having picnics, having a place where you can just go and enjoy life, be in nature, touch someone and really connect and know that this person is here for this time. Smell the flower because it's dying and go and smell it because it won't be there tomorrow or next winter. So it's like these really beautiful, simplistic things in life, which I find to be absolutely important. And yet people will pin all these things in me in media and then they'll pin on the other stuff, which is like my girlfriend being the princess of Norway and what's it like in the royal family? And does this guy belong in the royal family? And he's black and he's this and he's that. It's like every, it's, it's like human beings can't just be okay yeah. without trolling life. What's fascinating at the moment is that there's this kind of deconstruction going on with people who are like generations below us where like uh, there was a really interesting study done survey of kids in the UK where like 60% of kids at the age of 14 don't identify as gay or straight. And it's us, it's us as adults giving them the survey. And we're getting awful confused because we're like, oh, these people don't even want to have that thing the as a label. label. Yeah, exactly. But this, uh, and, and people are getting very confused with LBGT. I don't know where it ends because it doesn't end because this idea is like it's just humans. It's really difficult for us to get that, that thing because it's that want, I mean, we have, you know, everything's been taxonomically classified we've classified every bird and every animal and every species like is it really feasible for humans to not have that desire or to, or to resist that desire and what is that desire to want to classify so you can fit into something and be loved and be acknowledged and have value and have purpose because we were taught that on this planet, you're not loved or valued unless you create something, unless you achieve something. And so it, it, the, the consciousness of love has been distorted and whittled down to your efforts and your actions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, people will always try to associate because it was a big thing in the press and the royal family was like when people found out that I have attraction towards men and they were like, how can he be with the princess and he likes men? And my girlfriends are laughing. And I was like, I'm a soul sexual being. And they're like, what is soul sexual? I'm like, it's not girl or guy it's the soul it's the energy it's the spirit and so the whole idea of like even people will put me in like i can always say that being black is again an advertisement of america to classify me into a box so they can sell me things that go go to that box i'm a melanated person being black is what they use as advertisement so they can segregate everyone you're white you're black you're hispanic you're this and now we're going to sell this to you we're going to sell this to you we sell this to you. this is what you're supposed to be doing this is what you're supposed to be doing and it's what you're supposed to be doing and make sure you guys stay safe separate because we wouldn't want you to know each other's information because if you did you would come together and create a collective and that collective could take down the matrix mm. yeah that's big <laughs> that's, really, that's good. pretty serious you've heard it here first this is the locus um, yeah. <laughs> it's, fear. It's, it's fear isn't it though it's always mm. fear it always comes back to that thing of people kind of feeling like well there's an otherness yeah right when we want to put people into those boxes it's always that thing of going well i am not that or i am that and when we when we come back down to it, what we're trying to do really is get back to well, what is source, right? What is the the 
the main meaning of me and it's not identifying with all those things mm. it's unidentifying with all those things and but translating that into the real world the Very real hard. world the unfortunate real world that we kind of have around us is the is the real challenge isn't it because you, you can be yourself in your own space but try and bring it into school when you got other teenagers around you who are like don't understand your thing or you've got friends you've had who've like you know you've changed and evolved and they're still around and they're still telling you the, the thing that you were it's like that aspect is i mean it's te it's such an easy reflex to just come back to, okay so it's just safer to be who i was yeah isn't it but you know it's interesting like all my friends who are celebrities we all have this very interesting way of looking at life when I went around and surveyed all my celebrity friends who are like big movie stars and singers and athletes and all of them, they all said the same thing. I was the nerd. 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 I was the geek. I was the one who just wanted to play sports. And everyone was around me trying to put me down. And I'll never forget this thing that Gwyneth said to me, which was so hilarious, where she was saying that she was the nerd in school and she had these bully girls who were always bullying her, you know? And it was only when she decided to stay true to who she was as that nerd is when she became Gwyneth Paltrow. And all my friends who are celebrities say the exact same thing. I didn't become a star athlete by concerning myself. I got to a place where I woke up and I told everyone, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm going to be me. So it's like, so I always tell people like whoever you are and whatever you are, just dig in, you know? Um, and once you dig in and honor that space of your nucleus, no one can touch you. No one can do anything. People are always like, how are you so known as a shaman when there's all these other shamans in the world? The difference is, is that I stay true to myself. I have other friends who are shamans. They don't want media to have connect to them. They don't want to deal with people's conflict. They won't even deal with people's conflict. They don't even show them the skills that we have. They just hand them plant medicine. Here, take this ayahuasca, take this iboga, take this thing. And then they sit back and play some songs and watch some people do what they want. They don't want to have confrontation. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't really care. Because I got so much abuse and um, bullying done to me as a kid. I got to a place where it's like, am I willing to trade my freedom and my self-respect for your love? No. Sorry. End the story. I'm going to wear my pants, wear what I want. I mean, one time one, one woman said to me, she goes, oh, God. She goes, what kind of shaman are you? You wear a Metallica shirt on stage talking to all these people. And you dress in, like, your shoes. I wear my, like, Converse and ripped up jeans. And you're talking and telling people about shamanism. Why would you dress like that? Why aren't you wearing robes? Because I don't want to wear robes. I want to wear my Metallica shirt. I want to wear my Depeche Mode shirt. I want to wear my chains and like whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And like, that's me. And if you have an issue with it, that's your issue. And what it did, all my friends who are celebrities all said they wouldn't be where they are today if they didn't dig in and honor who they are. And what would you say? So if people are listening and they're listening to what you're saying and they're thinking, I, I really want to be brave enough to do that. I really want to be brave enough to just stand in the face of those people or stand in the face of myself and be who I am. How do they start that process? What is, what's your advice on that? Well, first thing I would say is to not to remove the word I really want to because the idea I really want to is outside of the nucleus. And in shamanism, anything outside of the nucleus, like I'm going to create, I really want to, it would be nice if these things already have taken you away from your power. So the idea is it's so amazing how brave I've been. We speak in past tense because the past tense creates your now experience. And therefore, you're able to step into an alignment of what it is because you've already claimed it in 
in your quantum self. So like if you're creating something, you don't say I'm going to create, I've created. So that means that the spirits, the quantum part of you that exists in the universe has already created it. Now the spirits are fully able to manifest it in your now experience. So when I, so I, I do a lot of um, self-love uh, connection with children. I teach a lot of kids age six, seven, eight, ten 10 years old in London, um, shamanism and all over the world really. And I take kids and train them. And the first thing that comes up is like, my friends at school thought it was weird. And I said, yeah, and? And, you, and I said, what you should just say to them is like, yeah, I'm completely weird, man. And I'm doing crazy fun stuff. And like he did. And all these friends wanted to be friends with him mm -hmm. because he honored his truth. Yeah. And you know, one girl said, I want to be brave enough to, cause she was in class and the dance teacher said, you know, you, you're, you, um, you're kind of heavy. You need to lose some weight. And the other girls were like, yeah, you're kind of heavy. Like the girls, when they were changing, but the moms are like, oh yeah, you, you the, the teacher, I heard the teacher say you have to lose weight. You're kind of big, you know, to be a dancer. And I said, okay. And I said to her, I said, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, it's been so amazing how brave and how solid and how clear I am that I love dancing. That when I dance, I dance with so much power and so much gust of energy that the whole room watches. She went into her next class. Her mom calls me on the phone in Turkey, goes, oh my God, my daughter went in there and smashed it, Dirk. She's like, literally, all the teachers and the teacher and the other students were in shock because she took all of that of beingness of truth and embodied it the moment she saw it in her past experience. So, so a lot of times people think manifesting is about saying something is coming or you're going to do something. True manifest, manifest, uh, manifesting anything comes in the quantum field. It means that which already has been is already existing. So when you speak about creating something, you don't say, I'm going to um, create an opportunity for me to go on a vacation. I'll be like, oh, it was so amazing how I wanted that vacation and everything flowed. And I loved how the money came in and the people and all the things that happened. It was the best vacation ever. Then you let it go. All of a sudden, the vacation shows up and you just wow. do that once or you do it as like one time why would you do it in repetitive when people get into this whole like i gotta like say these affirmations over and over yeah. uh, okay you can say a mantra because it opens up codes from sanskrit which are powerful codes but if you say i am a powerful person i'm a powerful person if you feel like you have to keep saying it through repetition it tells your subconscious mind that you don't believe in your will and in my new book coming out, Spirit Hacking, we talk about the will as being a huge component in your ability to move energy in time and space. If your, oh, there's my girlfriend. If your will is not strong, and my stepkids, if your will is not strong, then your will is not able to manifest what you desire because you're speaking about it over and over and over. Babe, wait for me. And you're, oh, sorry. <laughs> That's perfect. I was just <laughs> um, And your will isn't strong enough to speak your truth into existence and you have to repeat it over and over and over and over, then you're basically doing the same teaching that was taught to you in school. Read the book over and over and over, hear the lesson over and over and over, and you learn through repetition. If you learn through repetition, it's weak sauce because you're basically saying, I don't believe my words. So that means you have to repeat your words in order to believe it. And truly your words will should be so aligned that when you speak it, it's done. I'd like to say that to my five-year-old. <laughs> it's been amazing how I've been saying that to my five-year-old. Not I'd like to because it's outside the nucleus. Well, you gotta change practice. Language. Lexicon you gotta change language is all important. Languaging mm. creates power or it takes away power. So when you, when you, like, when did you learn that tool, that manifestation? Like, was that with you from your dot in terms of understanding that very, with such clarity about how you can't just want a thing to 
changed how you have to have assumed that it has changed. When did that hit? Did you get, do you have like little dew drops of beautiful wisdom? How, how does it go? <laughs> so when you're, a, when you're a shaman, you constantly are communicating to the spirit world and the ancestors. I was about 24 years old. And I was doing all this stuff about manifesting and I was, you know, people were telling me about Esther Hicks and this thing and that thing and blah, 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 blah. And one day I was in the house and the spirit came in the room and it was glowing blue and it had like light under its skin. And it was like, would you like to know the truth about the universe? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and it said, you, lo you live in a quantum field and there is no such thing as a future. There is no future. There are tendrils that lead to all the possibilities depending upon what you speak and what you think and what you believe. So everything is existing simultaneously. So if you want to create something, speak about it in the past. And I was like, oh, so I'm not going on this linear motion. I'm going on a quantum motion. So I can access any, any, any level of information at any given time on levels. And he goes, and then the spirit said to me, yes, for instance, your spirit guide that you've been talking to for all these years is you in another dimension. And that's come to assist you in this dimension. Wow. And I was like, oh, oh my God. And then I like to start telling all my friends and then they started using it and they're like, oh my God, Derek, I manifested this house that you said. I manifested money. I manifested this job. I found the love of my life. I did this and that and that because they started understanding how quantum energy operates. Mm. Wow. Beautiful, powerful. That's a lot to think on. It's, it's an awful lot. Like it's, what's, what's amazing is it feels, uh, there's, a, there's a lovely simplicity to it. Like, so when you deal with kind of things within, like I'm going to see a therapist who I think is lovely and amazing, but the, the things that we're getting from that feel like there's a lot of work or like attritional sort of, not attritional, but like work that takes kind of an effort. Mm. And it's the ease of your words, like mm. the ease of the, like the understanding, like, you know, sitting with you. I, I mean, I can sit at home and hear your words as well, but there's something about that that, it just makes makes it it gives a great sense of possibility which it's is a nice freedom as well yeah. isn't it there's not like a million processes that you have to do in one specific order and we get stuck so the ritual into, thing. like instead of mm. connecting we get into like well in order to connect i need to do you know seven million yoga kriya and then i also need to, <laughs> to take all the supplements and i need to do the thing yeah, it's like the musician who has to wear his lucky pants or like whatever that yeah. and this is like no I love you it. just have to know what you want yeah and you have to say it as if it's already in existence. Not as if. No, yeah, say it not as. Ah, nah, you nearly made it. <laughs> not so terrible at it either, because you're cursing yourself by saying that. Yeah. If you say, I'm terrible at this, then your subconscious goes, are you? The ego goes, she's terrible. Uh, make, uh, go ahead and show her an example of how terrible she is. The next time she opens her mouth, Give her make sure. Give how bad she is, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this interview anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, That's a fun. I feel like we should we should probably we keep should it here for another. You, yeah, well, I'd like to talk forever, uh, but I also feel like you probably need some food. I don't need yeah. food. I eat one meal a day. I'm good. Yeah. So, like, we've talked about the framing thing, right? My I, my feeling is that I'm going to leave this room and still want to be framing. Like, how quickly do you see people change? Do people like? I know everyone. Everything happens at its own rate, and there's all sorts of, like, you know you have to allow people to come to a thing. Mm. But if you, like I'm just thinking of an interaction I had inside, which involved family. And I was <laughs> coming to, it wasn't even an interaction to be honest with you. It was just me approaching a situation where my family were there. And I've, I was having an amazing day as me, you as I am. And then suddenly there's just a slight heaviness that sends me straight back into that other mode. Is like, are there, you know, <laughs> like, 
tapping? Is there one? what? Well, what? first of all, you have to understand that you keep, the way you're even speaking sounds like you're a victim. Yes. Okay, mm. because you're not operating in the consciousness of I don't have to take on any energy unless I choose to. Mm. The reason why you were affected is because you were taking it personally. Yeah. You were getting involved. You were actually being nosy into mm. other people's energy. People can be however they want to be. Like I always say to my friends growing up, I love to enjoy the masquerade, yeah. right? A masquerade party is so much fun because everyone like wears masks and they dress mm. up and they can be whatever they want to be, you know, and literally like an example, my mom we were at this party in New York City and one of my friends he's a, uh, an artist and he had all these very exquisite people at his at his beautiful house and you know just wonderful and he's dressed in a tuxedo and you know these people are there very of the high uh, art industry and he comes out all of a sudden in a loincloth and he's naked and my mom looks at him and goes darling she goes um do you like being naked in front of all your guests and he goes yes and she goes and how does it make you feel and he said, it makes me feel exuberated and free. She goes, great, carry on. <laughs> you know, it. and it's that, it's that it. If someone says to you, one plus one is five, be like, okay. Yeah. You don't need to go into that energy. You yeah. choose to go into that energy because you want to prove a point or you want to be right about something or you want to win something. And those energies just don't support you. And if you say that someone is framing something and that they're going to go back into it, then that means you've already accepted defeat. Yeah. You, you don't go into anything in life with the idea that you making a choice is going to change the moment you walk out of the room. Mm. You immediately commit and make a choice that this is the truth of where you are and you say, ego, disconnect from this belief system I have. Here's the new one. Connect to that. Send the energy through my body and that's it. And it's done. People make things so challenging, so mm. difficult. Oh, did you really have to like, you don't know how to brush your teeth every day? Do you brush your teeth every day? Mm. Why do you do it? Uh, because I want to have good dental health, nice breath, so it tastes good. So wait, so no one has to come in and like force you to brush your teeth. No. You don't forget it. You don't. No. Okay. I was always good at that though. Well, it's because you know why? <laughs> it's because you put it as part as your lifestyle choice. Okay, it became yeah. your lifestyle choice because you accepted it as a part of your functioning operation system. Gotcha. So you can do the same with meditation, going to the gym, uh, speaking from a place of power. Uh, instead of saying, I work, I love, you can create those things. And, 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 and what happens is when you accept it, it becomes a part of your lifestyle. When you don't accept it, it stays in limbo. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. Cool. Got that's it. the key. That is, I mean, like, that's the key that keys. opens the door. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to stepping through the door. No, I am stepping through the door. I stepped through the door. <laughs> it was amazing I when that. I stepped through the door. It was amazing. Yes. And how many powerful energies surged through my being and opened up doorways to amazing possibilities for me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> We're just finished, so uh, thank you so much. And uh, guys, come comment online, like, subscribe, send your comments, Shaman's Way, Shaman Direct, at, on, at Shaman Direct on Instagram. ShamanDirect.com, get the new book, Spirit Hacking. It's, 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 it's um, being oh, yeah. launched worldwide. So, Exciting, okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't find him, he's gonna find you, it sounds like. Cool, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Bye, everyone. Mwah.